everybody. Live from Koreatown, it is the Brothers Miller. And this is The Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terrence of York. <laughs> Terrence of Yorkshire to Gardena Miller. <laughs> How goes it, Terrence? I am residing over all of my people in Gardena. <laughs> 2920 West 131st Street. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, yes, you are part of the kingdom of the ozone. Got Ernie on the scene. What's up, Ernesto? Folks, I just want to apologize to you guys because we've been a little inconsistent, and it's only because I'm launching a little show called The Unicorn. It's on CBS every Thursday night at 830. Y'all shout me out. Let me know if you see me. Let me know if you feel me. And I know because all of you guys shouted me out about the world's end of ballers. Mm. Uh, hurt a lot of feelings there. Hurt a lot of feelings, child. <laughs> um, but we got a lot to cover today along those lines because along the lines of Charles Green being the Rams' new president, if he takes the job... The Rams are making moves. We got action in the NFL. I do believe we have a caller that wants to justify why the Cowboys are garbage. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, but let's talk about our favorite thing in the whole wide world. It is October, and it is baseball playoff time. Absolutely, positively, the most non-predictable, awesome sporting activity known to mankind. So uh, we got a little bit to recap, but let's go with where we are right now. Just today... Garrett Cole went out in a 1-1 series uh, with the total and absolute clash of the Titans. We've been waiting for this series all year, folks. And this is it. Man. This is it. I wish I, 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 I put on Twitter the other day that I wish this series could go nine games. I wish it was the best of nine. Right. Now, you know what? I do believe that the next game they're going to get out the woman's six. I think the teams are going to actually, because now you're getting past, you know, the Garrett Coles and everything else. Yep. You're starting to fool with the J.A. Haps of the world. You're fooling with the <laughs> J.A. Haps who took an L already. Yeah. It was nice to see C.C. Sabathia come out and get a big out, get a big mm-hmm. inning under his belt. Well, and you see they played it right. They Put him in, took him out, got his, he got his got, out. He did what he needed to do, unlike the Dodgers. Uh, but let's talk about what happened tonight. Folks, you know what? In my opinion, the best announcer that's announcing all of these playoffs announces this series, and his name is John Smoltz. And John Smoltz gives you expert analysis. That's why he was an expert pitcher. He sure was. Hall of Fame type of player. He was. He's a guy that knows how to get people out. He sure does. <laughs> it's a science to it, and he studies it. He's a professor. He is. Jonathan Smoltz. <laughs> He's a professor of the cheese and slide piece. The slide piece. Oh, my. Devastating. And, uh, and so tonight, I, I was at work, actually. So the game was an afternoon game. I was at work. I got to catch pizzas of it here and there. But I can tell you what I saw. Garrett Cole was not his sharpest. No. And he came out uh, sloppy, but he had offense already by the time he reached the mound because Jose Altuve went to launch immediately. Decided to get into them seats. He did. But Lou Severino pitched a good game. I'm not mad at Severino. No. It was a short outing, but it was a good outing. And to go through they that. They got up his pitch count, though. That's it. And and the Yankees actually had a chance to get Garrett Cole's pitch count up. They gave you great Yankee work. But then them being the Yankees actually betrayed them. Yeah. They went back to what worked for them, which is Getting in trouble. Look, looking for the three-run bomb. Yeah. Because they start off the bottom of the first inning with the first two runners reaching base. You got runners on first and second with your number three hitter up with no outs. First and foremost, the number three hitter can't be Brett Gardner in that lineup. Well, I guess it, they felt like it was a favorable matchup. <laughs> it was not. because <laughs> Obviously. Because the other guys that they have that could potentially be in that three-hole have been destroying the baseball. Gleyber Torres, forget about it. Yeah. This kid is... He's got as high of a ceiling as Acuna, as 
uh, uh, Juan Soto as anybody. The game has some really beautiful young stars it, potentially that are coming up, and right. Graber would get extract his uh, revenge late. But my point is the Yankees. I was on set with a bunch of Yankee fans, and they're all mad because Brett Gardner didn't bunt the runners over to second and third. That's not what he was in there for. If you put me in the three-hole, that's not my job. Every position in that lineup has a job, and in the three-hole, it is not my job to move the runners in. I mean, over, it is my job to drive these guys in. That's my job. And also— Because I'm supposed to be the best hitter in that lineup. That's, I'm supposed to be the best in the number three-hole. Yeah. And also, the New York Yankees' style of play— is not playing for one run. No. Even against the best pitcher in baseball. Conducive to that three-run bomb. <laughs> That's what they were looking for. That's what Gardy was looking for. That's what everybody was looking for. Right. And then you saw a bunch of batted bats. Of course. Gardy had a batted bat. But you know what? Edwin had a batted bat. But but they were being overpowered. Even though, even when Gary Even Cole, he was wild. Even when he's wild, and it's even more effective sometimes. But even when There's a term for that, folks. Yeah. It's called effectively wild. Yes. And he had the fudge. He still was throwing 100. Oh, my he back, goodness. He backed down because his arm was so crazy earlier. The first pitch he threw was 100 miles an hour. So then he backed down. That he went kid down has to, a lightning bolt attached to yeah. it. Yeah. He went down to 95, 96 to try to get himself in a rhythm or a groove. And then once he finally did, at the latter part of the game, you saw him. He turned it up. And they shouldn't have and, taken him out of the game. No. And and, and honestly, the uh, this is a one situation, I don't know if I've ever seen this before, where the delay, an umpire gets hit by a foul ball right. and has to go under concussion protocol and get subbed out. This is one situation where it actually helped the starting pitcher. Right. I've never seen it help the starting pitcher before. It helped Severino. It helped them both. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it helped Garrett Cole. That's, I think it did. That's Garrett Cole came, came back. He came back calm. No, he didn't. He was wild, though. He walked. He walked two people after that. He got, but he surprisingly got, he, he, walked, he got the leadoff hitter. Yeah, he got the first two guys. He was pitching with two outs, but he had two runners on with two outs. Mm. And everybody was mad because DD couldn't hit a grand slam and everybody's mad this and then the other. Man, this guy is the best and he's the best for a reason. He's punching dudes out and the only people that should be mad are the Pittsburgh Pirates. Because if there's nobody else that has a chance, to, not even the Yankees. If the Yankees should have signed him, we all know that now. But okay, you missed on a guy. Yeah, but what about Charlie Morton? I mean, what about him? I mean, he they, should be mad. No, no, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh has gotten rid of a lot of players. Let's talk about Pittsburgh in the context of this game. <laughs> in let's the context about, of the playoffs. Let's talk about who's in the playoffs right now that that pitching wise that was on the Pittsburgh Pirates roster. So right now we have Garrett Cole, the best. Charlie Morton was out there, won the huge wild card game, and then dealt on the uh, dealt on the Astros. We have one more, and it's the man from Tampa, right? Tyler Glass now. Yeah, Tyler Glass now. Who arguably could have given Garrett Cole a run for his money for the Cy Young yes. if he wouldn't have gotten hurt earlier yeah. in the year. Yeah. All three of these guys could be horses for the Pirates, and they could actually be in the mix. You don't and, need to and score a lot of runs. swinging the stick for Tampa. Come on. I mean, but so somebody over there in Pittsburgh is making bad decisions. Somebody's drinking on the job in Pittsburgh. Yeah. We need to find out who he is and get him in an AA program. <laughs> if you know who it is that's in the ASAP, have an intervention. Have an intervention. This dude is in he's tricking. He's in trouble. Yeah. Bad work by the GM over there. From one GM to another. <laughs> it didn't work out for you. But um, back to the game. So Garrett took Cole. I've been reading online. People try to act like he wasn't dominant. This is domination that you just saw out there. Just because he only struck out seven this time. As still, opposed to 15. Right. He's still dominant. He went eight innings, right? He went seven. Seven innings. He gave up. In the seventh inning, I think he threw seven pitches, six pitches. He should have back out there. Four hits. No runs. runs. His biggest problem was walks. And yeah. it was just because his arm was so live. Yeah. And this is the first time he's walked four batters in years. I think. Yep. So, I mean, you guys are drinking your own Kool-Aid at this point. Yeah. And dominant. then the Yankees did what they were supposed to do. They When they got him out of there... And I'm not a even, bomb. I, they hit a bomb. Glaber Torres came up and hit a bomb. But the reason the Houston Astros are the best in the business is because their first two runs were off of solo home runs. 
Their next two runs were manufactured runs. Hit and run. Beautiful. Oh, run. beautiful hit and run. Oh, Walk oh, George. Oh, <laughs> this is beautiful. The gorgeous piece, Omar. Gorgeous piece. Walk George Springer. Springer takes off. Altuve hits it in the hole. It's outrageous. First and, first and third, no outs. I felt like it was 1987. Right. And I felt then, like I was watching the Cardinals of old. And then you watch what happened. Then they got, then George Springer got into a rundown in between the next batter, in between first and, and I mean, third and home. And he made sure that Altuve made it to, uh, made it to second, right? I mean, made it to third. Made it to third. And the other's choice, uh-huh. Michael Brantley ends and, up going to second base. And now so we have second, second and third with, with one out. One out. Yeah. And Zach Britton comes in and throws a wild pitch. Yes. And so now it's three nothing, and and, and then the, Yuli Gurriel come, it, it steps to the box against Zach Britton, who was the best pitcher in baseball for, for two a long years, of time. two or three years for you know him and I mean completely dominant him and he was the best reliever in baseball yes. at that time. I might even win with, was the best pitcher in yeah. baseball, but he was at the top of the pops, and he was hard to make contact with. And if he did, his sinker was so heavy you couldn't get the ball in the air. And Yuli Gurriel took a hanging curveball and didn't try to do too much. And popped out on a sack fly to left field, which scored another run. 4-0, going into the, the bottom of the eighth. You got problems. This is now, now you're not looking optimistic. No. And you could tell. The crowd in Yankee Stadium wasn't optimistic. They let the air out of them. They, they, that was it. Tired. They had to. Had to. I ran over a rock. But it was a great game. This next game is going to be pivotal. Because now they're back on par. I actually don't think home field means much to either one of these teams. No. I don't, I don't think pitching it matters. Pitching means much. a lot. And this is where pitching is at its best right now because you're watching. You're not it. supposed to have crazy high-scoring games no, not, in, in th- at this point of the year. Not like the, the, this other series that's going on with the Cardinals and the Nationals, but it's just there. It's, runs are hard to come by. Yeah, period. and they're supposed to be hard and to come by. And they're supposed to be hard. There's not a lot of home runs. I mean, the the Yankees jumped out in the first game and gave you a couple, but other than that, there's not going to be a lot of home runs usually. When you got dominant pitchers like Verlander and Cole out there and Severino, I like to see this matchup because this is coming down to coaching as well. And I think that uh, actually your boy Aaron Boone got out coached as well because with he out coached himself with that bad lineup. Start with well, a bad lineup, home. and then okay, so they win game one in Houston, which was a big punch to the gut, to be honest, in my opinion. And especially because the Yankees hadn't lost at that point in the playoffs. Well, I honestly thought that the Yankees would win that first game just because that we couldn't go with the horses. You can go with Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander, although although um, your boy Zach Greinke gives them a problem. And clearly, he did not give him a problem this time. No, he did give him a problem, though. He did. Mm. He gave him three runs over six, over seven. Yeah, but it was a shaky three. It wasn't. It wasn't over no. seven. I think it was over six. No, and it wasn't a shaky three either. He had like eight punch outs or something like that. Dude. Yeah, but they went deep on him. They, they, you know what it is? They established Yankee baseball against him, and that for the mental component, that's a big piece, in my opinion. I don't, I don't and, believe and, that. And also, and I'm not a big Zach Greinke fan. Yeah, and well, to me, this is where you see Zach Greinke is overpaid. Because for, we've been saying it for years, and Zach Greinke, in a lot of ways, has had the benefit of pitching behind the best pitchers in baseball for a long time. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you people know it, your mind, your eyes, your bat gets confused when you face the best guys. Right. And then— It's an adjustment period when you face somebody else that's— 
And he's not. I won't. I won't say he's a little bad. bit above average. Yeah, he's above average. He's definitely above average. But he gets paid like he's elite. Yeah, and he he pitches though. What that's what I like about him more so than anything. He pitches. He doesn't throw. He's not a flamethrower. Oh, yeah. He actually works on getting you and getting you out without speed pitches. That's it. And not overpowering you. And sometimes he pitches the contact. Other times he strikes you out. Yeah, he got. He did that enough. to the Yankees. I'm I'm very impressed with his outing. Honestly, he only gave up three runs. And and there was solo and there were there was one was a, a two run shot in the solo bomb. Yep, and I'm very impressed with the boss man's outing because Masahiro Tanaka went out there and shut the Astros down. Yeah, with the junk again, with the junk. And you keep seeing it over and over again, kids. If you're out there listening, it's the philosophy. You don't have to throw harder to get guys out. I mean, it's nice if you got that Garrett Cole with you. Rely on it. Very man. rare though. Another thing that you notice about Garrett Cole is he doesn't get beat. The, the Edwin Encarnacion right. hit a double and it was on a hanging slider. He doesn't really get beat on his secondary pitches. Yeah. You're going to beat Garrett Cole. You're going to beat him on some fuzz. And chances are you aren't going to beat him. But even his secondary pitches, this is what makes him special because his secondary pitches are an elite pitch. You know what I'm saying? His slider and his, what is it, cutter or whatever? Yeah, tonight his slider wasn't as good as it normally is. It was dead right for Aaron Judge when Aaron Judge, when when the game was on the line. (laughs) Big situation. Side piece. And so now let's move to the other side. We're going to work back, folks, because we know we owe you some content. Um... Right now, as we're recording, they're in the bottom of the sixth inning out in Washington, and, and the Nationals are up 7-4. Cardinals are trying to, to come back. Uh, it's At least they scored. At least they scored, fellas. Oh, man. <laughs> this is what everybody thought the Nationals were going to be from the word go. They, they Everybody thought that the Nationals were going to be this team with this dominant front four, a front three that's really dominant, and then you never know what you're going to get from Annabelle Sanchez. But as he's proven, if you catch Annabelle Sanchez on the wrong day, he can be perfect. Yes. And I think that one of the biggest things about the uh, Nationals is that I feel like their lineup needs to be changed to a certain degree. Because you see, they got Victor Robles back. Yeah. It's a big piece. But I would like to see Adam Eaton leading off more so than Trey Turner because if when they go against these American League teams, if Trey Turner doesn't get it going, they won't win. Trey Turner is the, the key component because he brings that speed element, but he also – the pitchers in, yeah, the, in keep, a bind. Yes, but Adam Eaton maybe would get better pitches to hit because he can't hit everything. I feel like Trey Turner, you watch it, they're bringing everything up in the upper quadrant, trying to make him pop the ball up because he's so fast that when you hit the ball on the ground, you, you have a hard time throwing him out. Right. But he's not laying off of him. No, he's not. And with the Cardinals, they don't have that front line pitching that they used to have so that they can shut him down like that. Now, these other guys, these other teams that you're talking about going against are going to give him a hard time. Now, what's unfortunate is the best pitcher in the National League for the second half of the season was clearly Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty actually did not have a bad outing to get to this point. He got let down by his team yesterday. Oh, big time. And somehow or another, the scorekeeper gave Marcelo Zuna a, a double, a, a, the benefit of the doubt on a ball that went in and out of his glove. That should have been an out. That was a Sunday league play, let alone I'm a major sure league. I'm sure if you ask Marcelo Zuna if he should have caught that ball, he says yes. Yeah. And the wheels fell off. And Completely. Steven, and Steven Strasburg was dealing. And You, you know, can't give a guy like him four, four runs. No chance. You're talking about they scored two runs over three games. So at least they're scoring now. Um, that gets us there. But let's talk about how the Nationals got there. The game that broke all of Los Angeles' heart uh, had all of us. <laughs> what a yerk. The game that broke a lot of hearts in Los Angeles, let me clarify, wah, wah. was was uh, game five at Chavez Ravine. And Walker Bueller came out and did what Walker Bueller does. And he came out and he shut the them Walker down. Bueller on you. He gave him the Bueller. He shut them down for six and two <laughs> And... And the the Dodgers actually scored enough runs to win that game. That's what you three thought. To, three to one. And in came one of the most uh, awesome, energetic moments that I've personally witnessed in sports history. The greatest pitcher of the generation 
came out of the bullpen in a clutch situation with runners on first and second, and he came in and struck Adam Eden out on three pitches. That should have been the end of his night. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. But instead, Dave Roberts decided to run him back against arguably the National League MVP and Anthony Rendon, and then the young stud in uh, Juan Soto, whom both of which went to launch, went to launch, and tied the game. You saw the pictures of a suicidal-looking Clayton Kershaw in video. <laughs> in the they wouldn't take the camera off of a, uh, of it kind of reminded me of Donnie Moore, low key. Yeah, they wouldn't going to do the it camera now? off from. Yeah, that's what it was like. That's what it was like. It was like really? the purge, or something. right? And so uh, Kersh looked devastated. But let's be honest, Dodger fans. The game was still 3-3 with six outs left for each team. Right. And there's a serious problem. Your man Joe Kelly got dug. Because Joe Kelly came in and walked everybody in the stadium. And there was about 60,000 people. I, I, took, I took a walk. He gave me an attention. <laughs> it's a free pass. <laughs> and then he gave up the booty. And, you know, not to mention that Will Smith almost walked the game off, but the air was heavy at Dodger Stadium that night. That showed you how strong Juan Soto was. It showed you how strong Howie Kendrick was, a dead center. Yeah. And in the and in the fashion of this being the greatest game ever invented, Howie Kendrick had a terrible series until that point. We actually were speculating in the stands why Howie Kendrick was still in the game. Right. Because he got a bad call in game one of the series against Walker Bueller on a low outside fastball that struck him out with, I think, the runners on first and second, maybe even bases drunk. Howie could never recover. He started making errors in that game. He struck out a bunch. He got up in a clutch situation and got the job done. We know what happened. But let's talk about getting there. 106-win season, a record-setting season for the Dodgers. Not one time in that 106 games of wins did Clayton Kershaw come out of the bullpen. Right. I know I sound like a Kershaw apologist. And then with three three days rest, when you bring him out, he did the job. He struck out the guy that he was supposed to strike out. But for some he reason, came in lefty on lefty yeah. for the analytics matchup. And then you guys decided to throw the analytics out of the window. Now throwing under the bus one of the best pitchers in the face of the organization so that he can be hated. One of the best pitchers in history yeah. of baseball. Yeah. It's not his fault. Of course, it's his fault for giving up the runs, but told the one that Anthony Rendon, it wasn't even a bad pitch. No, it was a low, low slider. Yeah. He went and got it. But overall, you guys have to start playing the game the right way if you want to win. That's the bottom line. And they if don't want to do it. And if you want to play guys out of place and you want to you out know, of position. Yeah. And yeah. And then you want to bring pitchers in that are starters to relieve and all that kind of stuff. You got to pay. That's how it works. Yeah. This is how it works. And then the ultimate disrespect was them bringing in Kenley Jansen after mop up. Joe Kelly hit the salami. Mop up on aisle three? On aisle 10. <laughs> on aisle 10. <laughs> Honestly, if you've lost facing Kenley as your closer, bring Kenley in in the eighth. And if he gets in trouble against Rendon or something like that, take Kenley out and go with Maeda. You have a bullpen for a reason. That that guy, Colerick, the lefty specialist? Who's the lefty specialist. You have Dustin May in there? You have who's, Dustin May, who, who who's almost... Who will be unhittable yeah. shortly. I mean, and he's almost hard. unhittable now. Yeah, he's hard to hit when you haven't seen him, and you're going to bring him Very in. Very hard to hit. And, but they decided to go with whatever it was that they went with, part analytics, part field or whatever. You have to play the game the right way. 
And I understand now that the game has transformed where you bring in starters and all that kind of stuff, but I really haven't seen it be, be successful. that effective. It's not, it hasn't been successful. Justin Verlander just came out and got dug the other day on three days rest. Yeah. Max Scherzer pitched well. Max Scherzer is the only one that did it a couple of the games before, but last year he got dug out. He got dug out. Yeah. Yeah. We are talking about some of the dominant pitchers in baseball. Yeah. This is these guys, Scherzer, Kershaw, and Verlander are the three most dominant pitchers of the generation. Yeah. And nobody's above Period. the law. <laughs> nobody's above the law. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You got to pay. You got to pay. Even Madison Bumgarner and Madison Bumgarner shut the whole league down for that run. Madison Bumgarner was starting. Right. And he kept starting. I think he might have came in in relief once in the in the World Series. Well, I think that, yeah, but what people have to understand is that these guys are creatures of habit. I talked to you about yeah, that as well. Yeah, speak on it. Because they're creatures of habit. There's a certain way that they're going to a certain mindset, a way that they're going to get prepared for the game. The whole approach is different. You don't just jump in and when you're a reliever, you might get a certain amount of throws and then you're coming in the game. But these guys have a different attitude. They have a different preparation. And then when you talk about just bringing them out of the bullpen, they can say, I'm ready. That doesn't mean that you're ready, actually. You're not mentally there. You're not mentally prepared as if you were starting. When Clayton Kershaw was the best pitcher in the world, I would love to know what his ERA was in the first inning. Because in the first inning, he has always been in trouble. Yes. Like most good pitchers. Yes. You have to get them early because they settle into a groove and you got no chance. So technically, that was still his first inning. Yeah. And then all of the adrenaline had, had run out of him. Honestly, I don't know if I'd ever seen him so emotional as to when he struck out Adam Eden. Not even when he gave up the bombs. Well, you know, he's got this monkey on his back, and he addressed it after the game. He sure did. With Jim Hill (laughs) stalking him, but (laughs) he addressed it. (laughs) By the way, shout out to Jim Hill. (laughs) Guys, I want to keep an eye on Jim Hill because (laughs) Jim Hill, after the game, looked like he might actually murder Clayton Kershaw. He didn't look like he had a couple of bucks on the game. He looked like he had his salary (laughs) on the game. He had 10 racks. <laughs> I got 10 large on this game. No, we're going to run it back. <laughs> you better have a different outcome. Season's over, <laughs> Big Jim. Yeah, very disappointing. And then the other thing is, is that what Kershaw did is he gave cover for all the other guys who didn't perform. Cody Bellinger. He's once again a playoff bust. Dave Roberts. Can't get it done. Hasn't gotten it done. I won't say can't get it done. Hasn't gotten it done. The only person that I saw show up during this series was Justin Turner and Max Muncy. Max Muncy showed up. Everybody else. And Justin Turner didn't show up in the big-time situations that you needed. Max Muncy showed up. He showed he was, up. He was a guy that you were like, that They were scared threat. of. They, yeah. they literally – Dave Martinez walked on the tying run to face the winning run to avoid facing Max Muncy. Yeah. Now you can respect that. Everybody else is suspect because you guys got you got guys batting out of the the lineup in the wrong spots and all that other kind of stuff. You got Corey Seager at the bottom of the lineup, which he needs to be at the top. I know it's an eagle. Corey Seager didn't get it done. Yeah, I know, but you got him in the wrong part of the lineup. He's not going to get pitched the same way. You got a big eagle stroke going on with Cody Bellinger instead of them saying, "Okay, you know what? Let's get his confidence back and move him to the bottom of the this lineup." Is, this is and the then and then get his attitude and his his whole persona thing going yeah. and then moving back up get his mojo up yeah get his mojo get, get it together yeah yeah but you know what they run him down they they get him in a bad situation this kind of stuff messes you up just like they've looked like they've finally gotten to clayton kershaw this kind of stuff this can mess is, you up they, for the future clayton kershaw sounded broken at, yeah. after the game he accepted all the responsibility which he shouldn't because it's a team sport and people didn't do their part and once again if we could really just recount how many times the dodgers organization has let down clayton kershaw in comparison to how many times he's let them down. Right. It's very lopsided on the side of the Dodgers letting him down. And what does, what's his ERA in the playoffs? Is it four or something? 
it was until this season. I think it was three four four, which was like deceiving to everybody. It was like three seven, yeah. as opposed to his normal two four, yeah, which is outrageous, by the way. Yeah, but whatever. I digress. Um, we got a lot to cover. We got to keep it moving, but that's where we are in the Dodgers. You know, a really unfortunate situation, but it's looking like it's going to shape up to be a fantastic World Series. Yeah, uh, between the Nationals and whoever wins this Astros series, which I think will be the Astros, but. I can't count the Yankees out. I actually oh. like the way the Yankees are playing the game outside of some small tweaks here and there. Well, the, the, to me, the Yankees have a problem because they're using their big budget system and trying to model it after Tampa Bay Rays. I don't care who you are. If you keep bringing the same pitcher in over and over and over, you're going to get him. I'm going to get him because I'm going to figure out his release. I'm going to figure out what he's doing by just video and seeing him. Yeah. And I'm the key is seeing him. Yeah. And I'm going to light him up. Eventually. I mean, you can't keep on bringing the same guy in every day or every other day. And expect him to and not expect get him contact. To be not yeah. even a Raldis Chapman. Yeah, not, not any of them. No. Um, now, the biggest thing I think that the Nationals have to contend with, truthfully, it wouldn't be bad if they lost this game tonight. Because the Nationals are in a position where they would have to be off for a week. Yeah, just sit around. And momentum-wise, they need to play as soon as possible. Yeah. Because they're hot. And their pitchers need to stay in that groove. I don't think that extra rest is going to help anybody, to be honest. Um, except for maybe Giancarlo, whoever, uh, who apparently injured his quad. Can't stay healthy. Oh, man. The big fella. He looked good, too, in game one. He looked all right. He didn't look good. Got him a bomb? He didn't look good. He didn't even look like he tattooed it either. He didn't need to. That's how it is with you, the big fella. You ain't got a tattoo. Yeah. You ain't got to go. But he didn't look good in the outfield, though. Well, that's just in general. (laughs) What can you do, Tom? What can you do? They don't pay him for that. They pay him to put the ball in the seats. So, moving on. Let's take it to the world of football. We notoriously have talked about how the majority of the league is garbage, and it became a part of mainstream media. All of the ESPN shows and all the other shows who listened to the podcast took our topic and decided to address it. And we want to go back to that list because we need to revisit it. And there's only two teams left that are certified fresh, uh, meaning the San Francisco 49ers, who are undefeated. Look good. And the New England Patriots, who we know what the New England Patriots are about. They're about championships. Title Town and MAGA over there. That's what they're about. Teams that we said were garbage. Last night, the the Green Bay Packers got a gift in a game with terrible officiating. That was terrible. And everybody's talking about it all over Twitter sphere. This and is everywhere the best else. part of social media. Yeah. You can actually call out the nonsense. And this is big time people. Barry Sanders. Yeah. People Tony who don't Dungy. even speak. Yeah. People don't, about, yeah, like, they don't, don't speak don't about officiating. About yeah, exactly. But they, they have to do something. The NFL is putting out a bad product right now. And they need to do something to correct this issue because there's too many bad calls affecting games that people have money on, that people care about, and everything else. You just can't keep making bad calls. Nobody goes there to see the refs. I'm, I'm sorry to let the refs yeah. down, but nobody's going to see Well, them. but the gamblers do apparently because somehow or another they got all the calls they needed to overcome a nine-point deficit, and they did it. And it was unimpressive, but it was part of what it is. Now, what we want to talk about is a team that – a lot of people hit me and ask me, why aren't they on the list? Because we spoke to their representative before that, and we told them that they had an easy schedule for the first four weeks and to holler after week six or seven, and they've proven themselves to be garbage. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Cowboy Kev. Hello? Cowboy <laughs> Kev, you got some explaining to do. Lucy? <laughs> Cowboy hey, Kev. Hey, hey. <laughs> you still licking your wounds that them Jets put on you? The Jets? Hey, Benny been- and the Jets? <laughs> what happened, Cowboy Kid? We, we, we got them right where we want them. You know? 
Darnold was coming back, you know. He, he, you know, everybody's excited. They got their quarterback back. They haven't. The offense had did anything. The defense had done anything. So, you know, we 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 tried to help him out a little bit. Well, Mitchell, the problem is, the problem is, our head coach was trying to help him out a little too much. Oh, you can't blame that on the head coach, man. Everybody wants to throw Jason Garrett under the bus, but Jerry Jones has a, has a, something to do with it. Dak Prescott has something to do with yeah. it. You can't de- No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. The whole team <laughs> has something to do with it. But, but the, the head coach made one big crucial mistake to me, which was in the first half in the second quarter, went fourth and two. You just ran the ball with Zeke on third and two and got nowhere to come back. The, the play was terrible in the first play. Place. was terrible to but run to the outside. You got it. You got it. With your quarterback. With your with quarterback. Your quarterback, nonetheless. But you got to, you got to kick the field goal right there. It's a seven yards. six ball game instead of 14 three because now you, you got your defensive day all. They stop them. The, the crowd is in it. Everybody's in it. Why not dial it up? Let's go see if we can get one. They got one. That changed the whole environment from that point. And so where it ended up coming down to, ultimately, they would have won by one point because they would have been up with the last score versus trying to have to go for two. But instead, you are the victim of cowboy privilege because you guys decided to exercise arrogance and privilege in the game early, which then came around to bite you late. Yep. And in yeah, the words of Cowboy yeah, yeah. Kev, what can make, make you laugh can make you cry. Make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, when are you guys going to recognize? You know what? No, we got to look in the mirror. Everybody's got to look in the mirror right now. <laughs> but, hey, when are they going to recognize that everybody's stacking the box, Zeke's numbers are down because they're going to make Dak right. Prescott beat them. And Dak yeah. Prescott well, is not the guy to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 that was the main thing we talked about our last conversation is, you know, that was, you know, what the Rams did and, and, you know, that couldn't, he couldn't put it together. So, you know, we thought coming into this year, he learned some things, he's gotten better and, you know, you, uh, you play some, some, you know, some teams that, uh, inferior, you know, the first couple games, you're feeling good about yourselves and then all of a sudden, you, you play a real defense in the Saints and, you know, Green Bay is a seasoned team over there. They, they know the Cowboys very well and things start to change. And so those, those plays where, cause, you know, all of these games were still winnable games at the end of the day. And so, you know. So then why don't you win? Yeah. Cowboy Kev, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You just said the Saints hey. have good defense. <laughs> the Saints don't have good Bad defense. Again? The Saints don't have good defense. What do you mean the Saints don't have good defense? The Saints. The Saints how, have, how do you think they went into the, the, the games they're winning now? It's because of their defense. They were blessed the by game. the Pope. Bruce <laughs> is, not, is, is not is not he, he's not a, a breeze by any stretch of the imagination. They're not putting up you know crazy points. The cow- that defense is solid. Well, either either way it goes, either way it goes, let's look about where we are now because I'm looking at the Cowboys' schedule and up to Thanksgiving, these next five games, I got the Cowboys going 1-4 unless something drastically changes. Oh, stop it. I don't think you guys beat (laughs) the Eagles. Stop it. You think you beat the Eagles? Come on now. You beat the Eagles at home. You'll beat the Eagles. Yes, you'll beat the Eagles. I think you'll beat the Giants. 
I'm pretty confident about that. We'll beat the Giants. I don't think you'll beat the Vikings. The Patriots. The, the Vikings, we'll beat the Vikings. Come on now. Still Kirk Cousins. I know he had a couple good games, but come on now. We you like that? <laughs> I don't think you'll beat the Vikings. This is the one that's suspect, but with the way that the Cowboys are playing now, I don't believe. I don't think you'll beat the Lions. But the Packers, the Packers didn't tough. even beat the Lions. That was that just right? they gave them that. The, the Lions are playing good yeah, football lately, right. to be honest. Um, true. And we know good and well y'all ain't going to beat the Patriots on Thanksgiving. Why are they going to even play okay. that game? But now then, at least after that, you get to play the Bills. Wow, and then the so, Bears, man, y'all got, got a tough lineup, and then the Rams. But they, but they got the easy, they got the easy schedule early. Now they, they got to pay. Now they got to pay. You should have get. This was a layup this weekend. You should have beat the Jets. The Jets were zero and three. You should you should have laid hands on them. Mm. You should we should have. But that's that's why I say it's a, it's a, you know we've been exposed. Ah, <laughs> oh, Cowboys, put your clothes on. <laughs> You're being exposed. Hey. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't see uh, Kansas City Chiefs losing two games in a row either. Uh oh. You know, Uh-oh. the right teams losing. The Rams, the Rams are not the team we thought they were. They are not. You know, if, if the Rams, Rams are the team I there. thought they were, though. No, oh. we thought the Rams were real. No, no I did not think. I told you it's on video. No, no, I said the Ram time is uh-uh. real. You said yeah, the Rams are real. It's on video. You okay. can't. You can't. No. Argue. Yeah, big, big O said the Seahawks is real, and you said and no, you said they were real. garbage, and the Seahawks yeah. are real because low key yeah. Russell did, Wilson is the best quarterback in football. That ain't even low key, but who the Seahawks really haven't played anybody to beat like that. They beat the Rams who trash because Sean McVay, <laughs> like I said, is not a good coach. I, so you so you think it's smoking mirrors? Uh, I, it's smoking I, mirrors. If you if you're not going to use Todd Gurley, if you don't, if you're going to have Jared, so now is Todd Gurley really hurt? Or did no, he sit out and give them the Emmett Smith? I, That's what I want. Maybe to know. because you got you you you're dependent I, 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 on. Got to be. There's no. got to be something. He's got to be hurt. I can't. Well, he's hurt now. You, he's no, that's what I'm saying. Do you think that that's real, or do you think, I think that the they, quad, well, maybe not because what he's doing? Because they got this kid Henderson that's running behind him, Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson is legit. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah. The, but the other guys, man. If you don't call, if you're gonna have Jared Goff throw the ball 68 times, 70 times a game, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win. You're not gonna win. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame it on the GM that's, that's sitting right across from me, uh, dude. I play that on TV. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we're we're uh, suffering from a little bit of that as well too. You know, we Cowboys have always been a run team first, and I think you know uh, we've got some injuries on the on the line that uh, no. Line, the Cowboys not no. have never been so we've had uh, leading rushers. How many times? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the injuries and all that kind of stuff. You guys are suffering from bad coaching and a bad team. That's what you're suffering. From. And and, and, and we have our two football <laughs> uh, tackles are out. What are you talking about? Come on, man! You guys have supposedly have the best offensive line in football, but for some reason, you guys can't run the ball. And then you have your quarterback that was going when crazy. When you stack the box, nobody can run the ball. He, yeah, he, uh, I mean, come Dak on. is playing for a contract. Yeah. He was showing out the first few games. He beat up on the Dolphins as a college team. He beat them to death. I mean, he put right. it on them. Now, right now, look at him. I now, mean, come on. Right now, we now back nice it, you gotta, the proof is in the pudding. You you got you got to step up. And I tell you what, at 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 this rate, he's losing a lot of money per game. You ain't lying. Yeah, he sure is because it's looking he, bad. Yeah, because yeah, he'll end up with a franchise tag and he'll have to play another year right. on the franchise. He'll be making a lot more money, but he not the, the money that he's looking for. He'll, he'll, he'll be playing for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, you know, Jason Garrett's done after this year. You think he'll make it through the year? He might not make it through the year. 
Hey, mate, if, if, like, if we go one and five like the big old. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's a wrap. You go one and four in this yeah, next it. stretch, that's a wrap. Well, Jerry Jones, have, yeah. have, he hasn't given him a resounding uh, uh, thumbs up right now. He's no. waffling no. a little bit. He's no. waffling. Which was interesting no. because and, after those and, first and, few and, games, just like Kev said, he was ready to cut the check. Yeah. Yeah, that was shame on him too. I mean, you look at this. Games. You look at this last game. That that you're on the road. Like I said, your 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 two tackles are out. You're having you're struggling running the ball, and fourth and two, you you don't have Amari Cooper. You don't have Randall Cobb, and you're going to run the ball on fourth and two. Beautiful time for some play action. Left in the in the second quarter. Jason Witt. Yeah, at least you got to run something. That come on now, you got some. That's the best we got. That's the best you got. Now, I will say I saw a couple guys miss some passes off of their face. Well, that was not Dak's problem. That was not. Yeah, that wasn't Dak's fault. I saw a couple of those passes that I were saw like a couple on, of man. bad passes too. Oh, I saw some bad passes, yeah. but at the same time, I, hey, if I hit you in the hands, yeah. in the face, you got to catch the ball. A lot of that going wrong in the NFL nowadays. It is. Well, I don't know what is a lot of a lot of guys catch the ball with the body. You know, bad work. But as 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 the quarterback, as the face of the team, you got to show be able to show that leadership in some kind of way. You got to be able to get it done. And obviously, you knew it wasn't going to be no blowout going, you know, to play the Jets. But you got to win that game. Got to win that game. Some kind of way. You got to win that game. That's not even. It should have been a blowout though. They didn't want it all. But now speaking of staying on the NFL, speaking of guys with hands, what in the world is going on with Antonio Brown once again? It seems like oh, he wants to get back now. Yeah, now now it seems like the world is as uh, as a reality is kind of as kind of set in that he's not welcome, and now he's he's working out. He wants to get back in the league. I don't see it happening. Well, I don't either. No, but the way that the league I, has frozen out Colin Kaepernick and countless other individuals for a variety of things less sacred than right. running down the owner, running down the owner, releasing right. a private phone call, a recording of a, a, a an illegal recording of a private phone call, and YouTube, yeah, and yeah. YouTube in it. <laughs> then on top of that, coming back with those threats, those menacing threats right. went the wrong way. And he's right. going, and he's going to say that lewd threats. Yeah, you got lewd on and you. you. And you and you sue the team. Luda. <laughs> <laughs> and you throw a lawsuit on all the teams. Yeah. And, and, and you file a lawsuit. And then you're saying, okay, now let me play. He's, he's telling right. the Patriots, you got to pay me anyway. You might as well let me play. No, right. I think he's having a moment of clarity. Yeah, and I I, I hate mm-hmm. that. Somebody was blowing smoke up his butt for a little while, telling that he was more yeah. than what he was, and now <laughs> they are not yeah, even. I think he. I, I think he, he needs to play. sit down with somebody and have some some deep conversations and get his mind right. I think it's too late. Well, yeah, I, think yeah, I, I believe it is too. But you know that that talent. You know, there's always that one team that will say maybe one more shot. But I don't think it would be this year. I think it would be you know. He'd go through all season, you know, he has some uh, some counseling. Somebody's able to see a little track record of, you know, he's getting his life together. And by that time he'd be old. Give him a shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't get so much time in the NFL by the time he figure out world hunger and world peace. What, what is he? What is he right now? 26, 27? No, nah, he's older than that. I think he's probably 28, it's, 29 or something. Yeah, like I mean, that. he's still prime time, but at the same time, I don't think people are going to want to play with him. I really think that that whole yeah, thing, I, I think that the whole thing playing out in front of the world on hard knocks went the wrong way right. for him. I really think that that yeah. sort of publicity, the way that it looked, it looked really bad. Right. 
it really plays of it really all, bad. right? And then, well, then him talking crazy the about conversation. Well, the phone conversation, but then him talking crazy about Robert Kraft and then the spa yeah. and the and the rub right. and tug and talking about yeah. uh, Big Ben, you know, yeah, he, big, he, big Ben right. and his rape situation. And this is right. I don't think that went the way that AB wanted it to go. Last yeah. thing we want to talk to you about while we got you on the line, Cowboy Kev. We know you have an extensive professional basketball history. <laughs> what in the world is going on? Has the NBA just directly decided that they are going to take money over human rights? Give us your take. You got one and a half wow. minutes. Lay it on us. What do you say? Wow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I I can't really speak too in depth on it because I, I I haven't been able to really hear all the situation. But it it sounds like you know it's it's big money and and. Everybody is, you know, the NBA said, you know, our relations with with uh, China right now, we don't want to mess that up. And so, you know, um, they're looking at the money, whereas we're in the United States and, you know, the, the GM made a statement. I don't know if, you know, it was an educated statement or, or not, but, uh, you know, in America, you still have your freedom of speech. And so at the end of the day, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. But, uh, I think they've, uh, they got a, a, P, a serious PR issue going on right now. And, um, they're going to take a hit for it. Well, I mean, this is a situation where just to, to catch everybody up to speed, if you've been living under a rock, the, the, the general manager, manager of the Houston Rockets, who somebody who I didn't ever expect to agree with, Daryl Morey came yeah. out in support of the protesters in Hong Kong, um, right. which caused a massive kerfuffle in China. They took down mm-hmm. banners for preseason games. You're talking about 2 billion people over there that are in support of the league. And what we're seeing once again is American capitalism usurps any sort of ethics and morality anywhere in the world if money is involved. What I can tell you is they brought out the biggest of the big guns. It was the LeBron James who came out. Nobody speaks out more highly of LeBron James than we do on this show. And he came right. out, and I think this time he's on the wrong side of history. Yeah, and they're burning his. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I kind of felt as well. Yeah, you he, can't. You can't be this one. The problem is you can't get this one wrong because the right. Hong Kong protesters, in general, worldwide, I have a rebellious streak. I'm usually going to be on the side of the protesters, right? Normally, <laughs> and, and that doesn't matter whether we're talking about a, a, the Million Man March, or whether strikes, we're talking about whatever. hunger strikes, whatever we're talking about. By and large, that's what I'm going to be on the side of. In this particular situation, I am most certainly on the side of the protesters because the Brits relatively recently left Hong Kong as a part of their uh, empire and they stepped away, leaving it into the hands fully of China. So technically the Hong Kong people are Chinese citizens, but they're uh, not on the mainland. This is why you always hear them say mainland China, Mm -hmm. yada, 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 yada. Right. Well – they decided they they because it's a it's a social it's like a, a socialistic capitalism that, that that they're under. Hong Kong is one of the most expensive places to live mm-hmm. in, in the world, right? And you're yeah. allowed to make plenty of money, 
Um, but mm-hmm. they want full democracy and full rights. They they want to not be under surveillance. They want to be able to move freely as they, they would like to around the world. And they would like to mm-hmm. be able to have their voices heard. This is a lesson for me in, in and for the world in how powerful young people are. Because I think there's something over yeah. like 4 million people in Hong Kong. And wow. a million and a half of them have been in the streets for the last two months. This is Cause, really impressive. Yeah. With peaceful protests. Wow. Uh-huh. I'm putting pressure on them. Putting pressure on mainland China, and they have not responded well. So then mm. for LeBron James to come out and say that the, the tweet, he could have waited a little bit. There's consequences for social media. This is after Adam Silver uh, and LeBron James and the other big names and faces in the NBA had a meeting about what their talking points were going to be about this. Immediately, we saw backpedaling. We saw James Harden come out. James Harden looked like he was two step traveling, like he likes to on the when he puts up a jumper with his <laughs> statement. Yeah. yeah, he he was he looked like the Donald Trump in front of Vladimir Putin. He he was. We right. love China. Well, now slides it all right. <laughs> two step up down. Nope. Yeah. So so then so then he he, he he came out and you know. I love China. We love China. China's the best. China's my daddy. You know, the whole song and dance. And to me, it's another one of these situations where I have to ask, and I don't, I haven't gotten to this point. Um, but how much is enough? All of these guys are wealthy and they're not just rich. LeBron James has a lifetime contract with Nike that's worth more than a billion dollars. And how much is enough? Because it's so much more beyond the protests in the streets of Hong Kong that truthfully only have but so much to do with us as citizens. What they're fighting for is is a, a product of their environment. Right. But in revolts and riots and everything else, people do lose their lives and everything else. And this is a and this is a consequence of that. And they know what they're sacrificing in this fight right now. And also uh, I completely agree. And also the Chinese government is in process right now of doing an ethnic cleansing campaign of the Uyghur Muslims in China. They have killed millions and encamped millions of Muslims to make them work hard labor with no food until they die. There's basically massive concentration camps and whatnot going on. So this is also part of the protest against that society, government, blah, blah, blah. Herein lies the problem. Nike manufactures most of their stuff in China. LeBron James yeah. makes a boatload of money from Nike and doesn't want to mess up the money, basically. And mm-hmm. everybody seems to be morally sound when they don't have any money or when their money is in in, right. in in danger. I think it's too much personally to ask the NBA to boycott or to do the right thing because they're a corporation whose job is to make money. But for these individuals who are involved who now seem to be taking the side of the dictators – with uh, non-direct dictators, you know, democratic socialism or whatever they, it is that they call it, is unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And for all of the greatness, I mean, I've never, ever, I don't think I've ever said a bad word against LeBron James on his off, yeah. off-court activities because he does so much that is worthy of praise. Right. And, and gets so much Absolutely. right. But you can't get everything yeah. right. No, but he's wrong on right. this one. And this is a big one to be this wrong on. This is a big on. one to be wrong on. And people right. remember these yeah. things. You yes, know? it did. Right. Especially now, all the people right. who are who look up to you there. Right. And they're burning his jerseys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, they're burning his jerseys right now. And it's unfortunate. Where? Oh, wow. In China. Oh, dude, I'm on the way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you know, wow. yeah, and it's it's terrible because he's he's damaging his legacy right now by not standing up for what's actually right. It's it's mm-hmm. they feel like 
And honestly, he didn't have to say anything. Yeah, he didn't have to say anything. That so is, that, that, and that's and, the and, issue. And his that, statement that he made that, is yeah. actually he's actually speaking against himself in a in a way, right? <laughs> because what he said about paying attention to what you say, yeah, and paying the attention tweets, to right. the tweets. And he's doing exactly what he lost me. Kind of ironic. I I couldn't understand because he said, I'm not educated on the situation, so I don't want to make any comments on it. But then he made a comment about, you know, the GM. It's like you just contradicted yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to pray for LeBron because he's a leader and I actually believe he's a great leader. And he's, he's done a great job over his tenure in the public spotlight. Not one scandal since you're 15 years older in the spotlight, not one major scandal. I really appreciate the young man, but I, I feel like on this one, I'm on the side of the protesters and the rebels. Yeah. All right, Cowboy Kev, we'll see you after you guys are three and 13. <laughs> but, oh, <stop> <laughs> Hey, hey, take yourself with you and Jason last Garrett. Year we were we were in the same similar spot, and we went on a nice little run. Let's see. I believe the same thing had happened. We just need to get some some players back, get our mind right, and uh, we'll pray for for our boy Jason Garrett that uh, <laughs> he, he gets to the Wizards and gets the heart. <laughs> <laughs> and Dink and Duck Zach. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Cowboy Kev. Be all right. <laughs> Always a pleasure to have you in the Ozone. Our family in the Ozone, Cowboy Kev. We'll check in with you later on in the season and see how things work out. Peace. All right. <sighs> well, want to jump into the boxing that's taken place recently. And uh, my man, Alexander Usyk, stepped up this past weekend and took a sh- uh, fight on short notice. And stepped up from his cruiserweight dominance to heavyweight. Yeah. Um, he looked like he stepped up to the heavyweight, too. Because he sure did. <laughs> the big boy laid it on him a couple of times and stopped him in his tracks. <laughs> Show him that I am ruthless. Yo, Dre, what's up? <laughs> so Usyk took some heavy blows, even though he won the fight. Yeah. He won the fight convincingly. But he got hit hard. And, and his eyes swole up. Yeah. And, and, and got discolored immediately. With minimal punishment. Minimal punishment from a guy who's like barely in better shape than me. Yeah. I think that he would do better if he's going to fight against an elite fighter. It would Tyson Fury would fit him best. You know, he can use the speed. They can use their boxing prowess. They're, you know, they can go ahead. <laughs> a lot of feints. Uh, a lot of feints. Angles. Pity pat each other to death. But when he talks about going to get some of these dudes that can put you out. then Well, I, the thing is, is that. I think the slow starter element is going to be tough for him in heavyweight. Yeah, cause because the slow start puts you to sleep usually. <laughs> because like you can start slow with a guy like Deontay Wilder, and he, he get you be it back at the house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on the sticks. <laughs> you be it on the sticks after you go get out of the hospital protocol. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, those boys, it, the big guys aren't messing around. Big guys don't play. I mean, he got hit hard. He won the fight convincingly. He Let's did. not that, be yeah, and that that that's not even. Anything yeah. to do with his skill set. You know? Yeah, yeah. His skill set is extraordinary. There's yeah. no two ways about it. It was beautiful to watch him fight. And it's, it's unfortunate. Just the times that he got hit, you noticed him getting hit. But boxing has a juicing problem, and they need to fix that because yes. that, this cat, Tyrone Spong, that he was supposed to be fighting, uh, you know, tested dirty. So then you put him out there on short notice, and it keeps happening to these guys who are an elite fighters that they have to fight somebody on the drop of a dime because somebody tested dirty. Yeah. So, so they, they need to make some kind of adjustments for this. Right. And, I, you know, I also find it very interesting that now, speaking of the juice, uh, but just in general, uh, a rumored juicer that I never felt like was a juicer because he never failed any tests. Everybody now thinks they want to fight Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Dimitri Bivol in the light heavyweight right? division is saying he beat up on uh, Castillo this past weekend, and he said he would fight Anthony Joshua in the U.K. 
Do you understand? You get the crap beat out of you by Anthony. Anthony Joshua's a giant. <laughs> Anthony Joshua's a giant. And he's a good boxer. Yeah, and he just he had he had some problems, and we're gonna see if he fixed them or yeah, not. And I do believe that he probably fixed them. But the thing of it is that everybody keeps acting like that he wasn't a good fighter. And I think that they're lying to themselves because nobody yeah. wanted to fight him, and this was a problem. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot easier now to be like, see, <laughs> yeah. And this is the problem though, because now everybody wants to step up, and I think that once he knocks out a couple more people, then everybody will stand back and think, you know. Side maybe, note. Will Harris on the Houston Astros puts me in the mind resemblance wise of Andy Ruiz Jr. <laughs> they look a lot alike. Oh, really? I got to check them out. Look them up right now. They look a lot alike. I was just watching the game thinking about it today. But yeah, I, I thought that was ridiculous. Although I think Bivol is probably the best uh, champion at 160, uh, 175, which is why it's kind of ridiculous that almost 100 pounds lighter. That, jeez. Which is why it's ridiculous that Canelo wanted to pick on Kovalev except for, for the money for the fight. Kovalev has come out and said that he's actually looking at uh, unifying if he gets through Canelo on November 2nd. So that should be Will interesting. Like, huh? Will Harris does look like him. He looks like him, right? I told you. And uh, But the fight that, that the fans have been clamoring for us to get our opinion on is our man Gennady Gennadyevich Golovkin came back to fight on the zone against Sergei Derevchenko. And man, oh man, was that fight a battle. A fight broke out. A fight broke out in Madison Square me? Garden. We saw why nobody was in a rush to fight Derevchenko. Now, earlier, I felt like if Gennady would have fought him a few years ago, he would have probably walked through him because he I would, agree. He would put him out. Now, after being battle battle tested yeah, and in been, wars, yeah, just in wars, he's broke down now. He's I, been in three wars. Yeah. He's been in wars with Danny Jacobs and two with Canelo. Yeah, and I feel that like takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot out. Although of Although he won all three fights on my cards, yes. But you know, it's very very hard to sustain that level for years, year in and year out. He's getting he's almost forty years old. Yeah. And I feel like he should step away from the sport, honestly. He has nothing else to prove. No. The only reason that I think he would stay would be to then in turn make some more money. I don't know if he needs that money or not. I'm yeah. not in his pockets. But the champ looked a step slower for sure. He still has devastating power. And honestly, one thing that's very interesting is everybody was crying robbery and this, that, and the other. I think the cards were ridiculous. Yeah. I think 116 to 112 is absurd. Um, I did have Gennady winning the fight because of the knockdown. Right. I had Gennady winning the it's fight. Like everybody forgot about that knockdown. It, 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 it knockdown. always – same that, thing happened against Danny Jacobs. Right. Everybody forgets about the knockdown that, that Gennady is dominant early. Yes. Now, Sergey was effective. And he, and he was he was gave Gennady a serious, nice, smooth kidney punch. He gave him a I nice mean, liver, 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 punch. liver. And it just goes to show how much of a champion Gennady Golovkin is, is because you see guys get a liver punch and collapse. And it's over. And he was able to continue to throw jabs and get on his horse mm-hmm. and make it through the round. And he got he got touched to the body a lot, but he punished that guy, man. They both went to the hospital afterwards, and Derevchenko got the worst of it. He got the worst of it. He took serious power punches. I mean, serious power punches because his power punches are not the equivalent of what Gennady is putting out. That's Gennady it. Gennady is putting out high output, maybe cruiserweight type power. Yeah, punches. yeah, at you least know? light heavyweight yeah. type power. Yeah, and and to take that many power punches, I think it's going to take some some time off of his career. Yes. Yeah, and and even though he fought valiantly, yeah. he got robbed in the fight before that. A lot of people argue not necessarily in this. Against fight. Danny Jacobs? No, no, not oh. against Danny. Uh, he had a great fight against Danny. It was another fight. Yeah, but he, he got dropped early win. against Danny as yeah, well. Yeah, Danny beat him. Um, but he always he always comes to fight, and he actually I would say he's also a player at one sixty. He's somebody that is a tough fight. We'll see what happens with the Gennady effect now that you know afterwards. The, the, we'll see what happens. And but, now Canelo is talking crazy. Talking reckless. 
I'm very disappointed in Canelo because I thought that he was better than that as far as dodging a fight and whatnot. He's trying to find every single excuse. And it seems to me that you should want to jump in with him now. That now you, that you this, can see this he's slowed down. This seems to be the plan in the first place. Yep. This seems to be Stretch the Stretch him out till he's 40 years old mm-hmm. and then we'll fight him. We spoke about it in the past and then you want to fight him. But first he's got to get past Kovalev. And I don't honestly know if he will be able to get past him. I honestly Kovalev has a massive massive size advantage he does the best thing that canelo has going for him two things one is age two is that canelo is going to in my opinion try to use the blueprint that he used against gennady against kovalev because kovalev is super soft to the body yes so i think that's the thing but you got to pay to get in there if kovalev it doesn't come out gun shy yeah and i don't think he will but this might be kovalev's last hurrah i i really feel like you know we th- we're talking about the fight against Anthony Yard. If he lost it, that he's going to re- retire. Mm-hmm. So he wins this fight, and now all of a sudden everybody's acting like it's Kovalev versus Andre Ward the first of the second fight. Right. When you get beat up or you get in fights, it takes time off of your career. It's just plain and simple. That's how it works. Canelo is not Andre Ward. Go God no. Andre Ward honestly, Andre Ward should come out of retirement and fight Canelo and make a and mega there's fight. Been hints of that, and and they should do that. And right. if I was Andre Ward, I would come out, and make my hundred million dollars, and take my belt and keep it moving. <laughs> take all of Canelo's belts and keep it moving. Keep it pushing. Keep it pushing. Even the one they made for him. Even the one they made for him at sixty eight, not even at seventy five. Make it at sixty eight. Punish that man because Andre Ward footwork wise, I don't think Canelo. Skill set. Uh, yeah, I don't think Canelo. And everything. All of it. All of it. Um, the way that he broke Kovalev down, oh my goodness! In that second fight, oh my goodness, man! And I actually loved, I thought Kovalev was going to win that fight. So uh, we have that Canelo's talking reckless. Another piece is it's just interesting to me that nobody brings up the fact that Canelo got caught juicing multiple times. There's a serious, serious issue in boxing about this where everybody, yeah. you know, we had a great conversation with the WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder about that. If you guys want to go back in the archive and look it up. Mm-hmm. Great conversation with him. And I brought up the point that they should take an L. The fighter who gets caught on the juice should yeah. automatically get a loss on their record, especially since the loss is so much or so big to these guys in boxing. But the thing of it is, is that there's a juicing problem in the sport, and they need to weed it out because you got these guys who are literally juicing, and then we forgive them. Or, you know, I don't know if we're victims of the moment or whatever, but we actually gave Canelo a pass when he fought Gennady about him being on the juice, and it wasn't acceptable. And then now you're talking about Anthony Joshua who actually literally got knocked out or TKO'd and had to fight Andy Ruiz because of Big Baby Miller being on the juice on several different forms of the right. You know? had no blood plasma in his blood. <laughs> he had everything else but blood in his blood. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's a dangerous sport. It's a dangerous sport if guys aren't on the juice. Yeah, you know you're beating each other's heads in, which is crazy. So um, then we had the biggest news, even bigger than that potential fight of the year candidate that came out uh, with with Derevchenko and Gennady. Which was boxing champion, welterweight star, and friend of the Ozone, Errol Spence Jr., flipped over in an overnight accident in Dallas with some of the most stunning footage that you will see. You see a Ferrari come up doing at least a buck 20, flip over multiple times, eject him because he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. I don't know what that was about. I I venture to say it may have to do with some sort of inebriation. Yeah. Because he's leaving the club late. Um I hope it wasn't the case. I know they're investigating. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um but the miracle comes in the fact that he has no broken bones. Just last facial lacerations. And broken teeth. Yeah. And if you think about it, 
it actually may have ended up saving his life that he wasn't strapped in because the way that the car got smashed up, if he would have got right? mashed up in the car, it would at the very least been the end of his boxing career. Now, I wonder, is that an aerodynamic thing, you know, from a Ferrari? Because I mean, the car you, did its job. The car was beautiful. Yes. Even flipping beautiful up outside work. there was beautiful yeah. work. Yeah. Looked like a Michael Bay film. Mm-hmm. Because you can say when, that because nobody got seriously injured. Yeah, now. because when you watch it roll, you figured that him being in that car, it would have ended his life. I yes. Feel like. At that rate of speed? Yeah. No doubt about it. Man, well, thank God he's okay. Uh, we spoke with Derek James, um, you know, and they're expecting him to make a, a full recovery and get back in the ring. But, man, oh, man, I, I hope this is a wake-up call for the young man because yeah. he's got a lot to live for. A lot of people look up to him. We saw that at the fight at the Staples Center. And a lot to live for. Yeah. A lot to live for. And in boxing along the lines of of speaking about how dangerous it is, you have Patrick Day, this young man who who was having a rough go and took too many punches, took a knockout punch, and then hit his head because he was knocked out before he hit the ground, hit his head on the canvas. It's almost like they should make a softer mat, by the way. But but the mat has give to it. It sure does. It gives you a lot of bounce. Yeah, it has a lot of give to it and bounce. There's springs. There's springs yeah, in it. But it's just taking that kind of punishment. Your head not is natural. not supposed yeah. to move. It's yeah, not supposed to get up. once you get knocked out, once you get put to sleep, and yeah. your head hits that thing, you're talking about a two-piece. It's too much. It's too much. And now this young man's fighting for his life. It's very, very unfortunate. Very it's unfortunate. terrible. Out is, well, how, many, how many times did that happen this year? Now? I want to say this is the fourth time. We got Adonis Stevenson yeah. and the two guys that passed away, mm-hmm. and now him. All all put in comas behind this. Really unfortunate. It, it's, a, it's a tough spot, man. Really, really difficult position. And then when you add to that the idea that guys might actually be juicing – it's really like unacceptable, completely unacceptable. So yeah, shout out to him. Um, we're gonna get back at you sooner than later. I got another day off this week. I'm gonna get you caught up on some stuff. We'll see where the baseball series are. We'll talk to do it for the tipper and get some college picks. He's been calling me off on the side, making some. I've been cheating you guys because he could have made some money fooling with him. And uh, we want to leave you with a positive. Uh, we want to leave you with a positive uh, uh, article. About a guy who won $2.2 million on a 20-cent bet at the horse track. Can you believe that? South Florida. How awesome is that? At Gulfstream. I've actually had a couple good days at Gulfstream really? myself. Oh, yeah. Beautiful days down there. That's uh, And, yeah, wow. This guy, this is just unbelievable. He won several consecutive races. 20-cent bet. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a better return in the history of gambling. <laughs> 20, <laughs> cent? 20 cent to $2 million? Sheesh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Serious business. You got anything else you want to add? That would be it for me, sir. All right, now. Thanks for rocking with us, Ozone. We, uh, yeah, we're going to get more consistent as this season continues. Give us a shout, even if you want to talk about sports. Or you just want to let me know what you think about Ballers Ending, if you need counseling, or the unicorn on CBS. And I'll leave you with a quote from another actor from Nick Nolte. He says, everyone chases a bit of what they say life is about, money, desire. But when you stop chasing, you realize life is a rhythm. And it's very peaceful, very quiet. You see, life is quite a miracle. We're on this thing together, folks. Take care of one each other. Take care of one of a rewind selector. We're all in this thing together, ladies and gentlemen. Take care of one another. And remember, you're always welcome. In the ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is the